Governor Newsom passes the first diversity disclosure bill of its kind for VC firms in California. Venture is supporting Israel with financial aid, and food consumption is down due to an appetite-killing drug. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. Yesterday, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed Senate Bill 54 into law, requiring venture capital firms in California to annually disclose the race and gender of the founders of their portfolio companies. This is the first law of its kind focused on venture capital in the U.S. The bill will require venture capital firms to make public the race, sexual orientation, and disability status of the founders they back. It will go into effect on March 1st, 2025. Nancy Skinner, a state senator for California, said that with this bill signing, quote, California is extending its nation-leading efforts to expand equity by bringing transparency to venture capital investment decisions with the goal of helping more women and minority-owned startups access the VC lifeline upon which entrepreneurs depend, unquote. But proponents against the bill believe it will be harmful to the venture community. The National Venture Capital Association responded to Skinner, stating the bill could produce, quote, misleading and counterproductive data that would hurt the cause of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts while creating unnecessary costs and risk for California venture capitalists. To dive deeper into the race and gender disclosure bill in California, I spoke with one of the people who helped ideate it, Allison Byers. Hi, I'm Allison Byers. I'm the founder and CEO of a startup called Scroobius. I'm also part of the team that worked on Bill SB 54 in California, uh, and I'm the co-chair of the national nonprofit All Rays in Boston. I also spoke with Priya Saprasad. Hi, Jackson. My name is Priya Saprasad. I'm a co-founder and general partner at Touring Capital. Priya, this is the first piece of legislation in any state in the U.S. aiming to prioritize the transparency of diversity, or lack thereof, in VC. Why do you think there hasn't been a law like this before, and do you think firms in California will embrace it? Yeah, it's it's a great question. First of all, I think a law like this has been necessary for a long time now. And one of the main reasons why, in my opinion, there's been sort of systemic biases in the system is because GPs at VC firms aren't necessarily held accountable for for investing in diverse founders. They're held accountable for results, which is DPI and TVPI as measured by our LPs, right? And so now... With this as a measure of success, it's actually going to motivate a lot more GPs to start searching for deals and start searching for entrepreneurs outside of their own networks and to actually put a catalyst to start searching for archetypes of founders that break the mold of archetypes that they've invested in in the past that have generated great returns for them. Allison, same question. Why do you think there hasn't been a law like this before? And do you think firms in California will embrace it? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and it's something that's coming up a lot now with the passing of the laws, is how is this the first time? How is this the first of its kind bill? Uh, And it is really interesting, because there have been plenty of bills focused on data collection and reporting aimed at prioritizing transparency of diversity in other industries, but this is the first one regarding venture capital. Uh, And, you know, for generations now, the venture capital industry has been operating, managing private wealth uh, with no transparency or regulation. So it isn't super surprising to think that they wouldn't want to start having regulation when they've operated for so long without it. But there's a couple big problems. One is that it isn't just private wealth anymore. 
not that it really was back when venture capital started, but today there is a lot of capital that's managed that comes from public resources and fiduciary backers, you know, including pension funds and the like. Uh, and the other is that venture capital has grown to really be the backbone of our country. It's the money behind the innovation economy. So having a critical resource that has been kept from major segments of the population where we need their innovations to address critical problems from across the board uh, is that it, it is time to introduce this type of regulation because we are in a funding crisis situation. Uh, and, you know, I know we, there are lots of statistics out there. I cite them all the time, um, but the funding to women and minorities has fallen to historically low levels and they were already incredibly uh, inequitable. Um, so, you know, to, to go back to the bill, uh, there are a number of reasons why this hasn't happened in venture before, but there have been plenty of bills that focus on what this bill does and what this law now does, which is data and reporting. Allison responds to the bill proposal. Bobby Franklin, the president and CEO of the National Venture Capital Association, described the bill as, quote, inefficient, unnecessarily punitive, and will violate the privacy of venture partners and startup founders. Is there truth to what he's saying? So, uh, I mean, I, I so I'll start, actually. You had uh, a great segment in a previous episode, um, I think it was on October 2nd, you had the founding partner of Spring Bank, Spring Bank which is a VC in New York, uh, who pointed out herself as a fund manager that nearly every venture fund already lists portfolio companies on their websites. Right? It is really easy to look up who's in a portfolio and the demographics of those founders. So it's somewhat silly to say that we're going to violate the privacy uh, because venture partners make it known all the time who they're backing and, and the people that they back. And there are plenty of venture funds that have publicly supported the efforts of this bill and will agree with those statements. Um, in terms of the punitive nature, oh, one last point about the data is we also aggregate it. So it's not calling out individual founding team members. Uh, and there is a lot of effort placed on making sure that nothing is violated. But in the venture industry, it, it's such public information anyway. Uh, and then in terms of punitive nature, uh, we actually took that concern that was voiced into an account with an amendment um, that leaves the potential penalty under the jurisdiction of the Civil Rights Department. So this will be on a case-by-case -case basis, and the money that would be collected will go to the CRD to help them administer these rules. I, I really hardly see that as punitive. Priya, last question. What kind of impact do you think Governor Newsom hopes the signing of this bill will do for diversity in VC? Do you think we'll see an increase in funding for minority founders and female founders as a result? Absolutely. I think so, because as a because now that this is actually an important metric that VC firms are going to have disclosed publicly, there's this sort of impetus to make sure that your numbers look good and it, it and it's it's not completely biased in, in towards a particular demographic of folks that you're funding. So I actually think it's gonna incentivize different types of behavior because we're now not just measuring the top of the funnel and how you source 
deals, but the deals that you actually get done as a fund. And if that information is public and and you're being held accountable, I think it's just going to be that impetus for behavior change that's necessary. And and I think if we continue upon this trend and we see LPs also start to hold their GPs accountable for such metrics, then I think we're, we're starting the catalyst of change that's well needed in this industry. Allison, what do you think? What kind of impact do you think Governor Newsom hopes the signing of this bill will do for diversity in VC? Do you think we'll see an increase in funding for minority founders and female founders as a result? Yeah, so the governor, in his letter to members of the California State Senate and announcing the signing of the bill today, uh, referenced the California Equal Pay Pledge, which was launched in 2019, and mentioned that this initiative successfully secured commitments from over 100 corporations and has positively impacted thousands of employees. I think that he views uh, this bill, SB 54, now law, as similar in that it should increase awareness and encourage funds to join similar equity-focused pledge efforts, particularly in this case with capital distribution to women and people of color. And that publicly reporting this data will enhance the transparency and really allow entrepreneurs to distinguish between funds that support founders of various demographic segments and those that do not. Uh, And yes, I believe that this will empower women and people of color to make those better decisions about where to invest their valuable time. Uh, And we'll see a significant increase in funding, maybe not immediately, but the the results of this bill will be seen globally and we'll see it in a number of different ways. And I think Governor Newsom, you know, really recognized the ability for California to lead this effort, which is aligned with many efforts in the state. Uh, And we'll see a lot of new programs and actions that can be implemented because we will have the data to inform them. That was Allison Byers, founder and CEO of Scrubius and the co-chair of the All Race Boston chapter, and Priya Cyprasad, co-founder and general partner at Touring Capital. Thanks so much to both of you for being on the show today. We really appreciate your insights. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course. Thank you for having me. General Catalyst, a New York-based venture capital firm, posted a statement on X on Sunday about the war in Israel and how the firm plans to provide aid to the nation. Here's the post. We unequivocally stand with the state of Israel, its people, and the Jewish community around the world. General Catalyst has allocated an initial $250,000 to support humanitarian efforts on the ground. We encourage others in the international venture community to stand with us in our resolve to support Israel and join us pledging funds for continuing humanitarian efforts. In addition to General Catalyst, other VC firms have announced their support for Israel by allocating capital for humanitarian efforts. Yesterday, VC firm Insight Partners pledged to donate $1 million to aid work in Israel. They also shared in a post on X that they quote, firmly condemn all acts of violence and aggression. In light of the events that have transpired over the past few days, we believe this is a critical opportunity to stand with our Israeli friends and partners. Today on the show, we wanted to speak with a venture capitalist who is on the ground in Israel, someone working with the people there and running military supplies to the front lines. Hi, Kafir. So hi, Jackson. Thank you for uh, having me and thank you for the support um, in us at these crazy, crazy times. Uh, my name is Kfir Kahlon. I'm the managing partner at 91 Ventures. It's actually a, a new uh, VC here in Israel that we recently founded. 
Afir, as a VC in Israel right now, can you give us a sense of what you're experiencing? How have the past 48 hours been? Well, I, I don't think that as a VC, I'm feeling anything different than, than the rest. Uh, we are all, you know, we were shocked uh, early morning Saturday. Uh, none of us thought uh, that this is going to happen. And uh, as the day went by and we understood uh, the tragedy and the horrors, um, the, the, the thing about us, the, the Israeli uh, people, is that we, we are quick to react. People already started, uh, you know, building up initiatives, um, especially here over in the tech ecosystem, uh, people collaborating together to either find out what's missing where and then supply and maybe do some uh, procurement uh, locally, internationally. It can be food, supplies, um, many, many initiatives, everybody collaborating together. Uh, people completely, uh, I would say, sided, uh, if that's the right word, uh, their day-to-day activities, their business activities, and are focusing on contributing, donating, and, and really taking care of of this community, I mean, this whole uh, Israel. And as a VC, you know, you, you, you will think about us, us as a financial institution, right? And what do we do in these days? But uh, for us, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we cited the main order of business to focus on uh, the health of, of the families, the families of our um, founders, of our own founders, which some of them right now, right now are in, in reserve duty. So, uh, yeah, you, 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 you really try to be here um, for each other, even if it means to pause ordinary business in the, in, in the meantime. With the war going on in Israel right now, how are venture capital firms supporting their portfolio companies and their employees in Israel? I know you mentioned that some of those employees are even on the front lines. I mean, I, I know what I do and, and what uh, VCs who are good friends of mine do. I don't know what everybody is doing. But in general, I can tell you there, is, um, there are beautiful initiatives here uh, of techies, VCs, and startups because the ecosystem here, as small as it is, it is very knitted together. So uh, both the VCs and the founders are working together to supply a, 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 with, with food and, and, and baby uh, you know, um, formulas and diapers, whatever the families that were affected uh, need, either the families in the south or the families in the north. Um, in terms of our folks, our founders, many were called for reserves. I, I don't know if you know the number, but right now there is about 180% of uh, reserve duty uh, show up. So it's the, the army wasn't ready for this amount of show up. So. Um, there are shortages of, of equipment because that's what happens when uh, people are overmotivated to come and show up. So we we have those people in the front lines, our founders, our portfolio company employees, and they report back to us telling us, hey, we need this kind of equipment. This is what's missing for us. And we have put an effort together um, here in the tech ecosystem to uh, uh, kind of like a triangle effort where one side does uh, donations and financing, the other side does procurement of the equipment, and the other side gets the, the, the demand side, right? What, who's needed, what's needed, how much, uh, what unit. That's, that's actually what I've been doing the last, couple, the last two days. I've been only doing that. 
uh, mapping the demand side uh, with, with using our you know best uh, I would say uh, innovation and tech um, to to make it as efficient as possible and other initiatives that people are doing either to to uh, fight the spread of fake news or uh, uh, do some initiatives to track the you know the the the, the information you can or the the signet information you can of the um, you know the, the kidnapped people. Unfortunately, we have a lot of those right now. Uh, the situation is pretty wild, pretty crazy, and devastating. Um, but people have uh, that, that's what they've been doing. This whole ecosystem, like it's it's crazy to see that. Last question, Kafir. Venture capital firm General Catalyst is providing $250,000 to humanitarian efforts on the ground in Israel right now. Do you think this will spark a movement of other investment firms and LPs allocating money to support those harmed in this war? I don't know if there, this initiative uh, will, will be the catalyst, the, the, the catalyst of, or, I'm sorry, the catalyzator for that. Uh, but for sure, I have my own LPs who are already uh, donating and are contributing we wrote them uh, an email saying, um, you know, these are challenging times. Here are the the initiatives that we are backing, and and uh, if you want to contribute, here are the links. Um, many VCs uh, have reached to their LPs. Many founders, um, especially those that have already, you know, uh, liquidated nice assets either in their first or second exits, uh, are reaching down to their pockets and uh, and putting money to. To do whatever we can in order to, uh, you know, to make everybody everybody's state better. So yeah, to that question, everybody, VCs, LPs, founders, normal people. I mean, of course we are all normal people, but even people not in the tech ecosystem are uh, contributing massively. And actually, right now, I I, I saw that one of my uh, portfolio companies, um, the team built a AI website to identify if the link to a donation platform or a donation initiative is uh, fake or legit, because there's a lot of problems right now with fake uh, donation platforms or fake donation uh, initiatives, because people are trying to take advantage. It can be people who don't have the best interest of Israel, and to say politely, groups from uh, international who are trying to damage um many of those so using the latest tech to understand uh only by inserting a link to understand if, if a project is malicious or legit before i got off the phone with kafir he wanted to share this message with our listeners um you know support everybody uh, wish the the wounded a uh, uh, quick recovery and uh tell you all that uh, we we are uh, we are humbled and we needed that support here israel um we feel it and and every email that uh you guys sending saying that you feel for us uh metals for us we get them and uh it moves the needle a lot so thank you that was kafir kaflan managing partner at 91 ventures thank you kafir we're so grateful for you coming on the show today thank you thank you for having me The demand and consumption of food is down, and the reason is surprising. Last week, Walmart said it experienced a noticeable decrease in grocery demand in recent months, the likely culprit, Ozempic, Wegovy, and other appetite-suppressing medications. Ozempic is a drug used to treat type 2 diabetes. 
It has significantly grown in popularity within the last year as people have discovered its weight loss capabilities. After celebrities like Amy Schumer, Tracy Morgan, and Elon Musk shared what appetite-dampening drugs did for their weight loss journeys, everyday consumers have begun lining up to get prescriptions for Ozempic and Wegovy. In a recent interview with Bloomberg, John Ferner, the president and CEO of Walmart, said, quote, We definitely do see a slight change compared to the total population. We do see a slight pullback in overall basket, unquote. Walmart has reason to believe that the main cause for this is appetite-killing drugs. The megacorporation has the ability to analyze anonymous shopper data changes by comparing the tendencies of Ozempic buyers and non-buyers. However, Ferner did say that it is too early to draw any confident conclusions. But a team of 17 Morgan Stanley analysts, strategists, and associates have released a report identifying that obesity medicine could reshape the food ecosystem. They project that in the next 10 years, 7% of the U.S. population could be taking appetite-suppressing drugs, and that those who are on Ozempic and Wegovy are likely to consume 20% fewer calories. This would certainly have an impact on the food industry. Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.